0: are listening to the Change Management Review Podcast, where we bring you the best tactics, strategies, and actionable insights for change through our powerful interviews with change management practitioners and leaders.
1: And now here's your host, Teresa Moulton.
0: i Teresa Moulton, Editor-in-Chief of the Change Management Review. Welcome to our podcast. And I have with me as a guest, Tobias Dengel, um, author of The Sound of the Future, which is coming out next week on October 10th. Very exciting. Uh, well, let me tell you a, a little bit about Tobias. Uh, he is the president of Willowtree, a Telus International company with over 20 years of technology expertise Tobias has been recognized by Glassdoor as a top CEO and featured as a Voice Summit speaker at the Consumer Electronics Show in 2022 and 2023. Under his leadership, Willow Tree has become a leading provider of premium digital products and experiences for iconic global brands, including HBO, PepsiCo, Johnson & Johnson, and many more. The digital product consultancy was acquired by TELUS International in 2023 for over 1.2 billion US dollars. Prior to Willowtree, Tobias helped steward strategic partnerships and acquisitions and drive innovation on behalf of companies, including AOL and Kearney. Tobias is passionate about using technology to create meaningful, human-centric experiences for people and drive business success. We are so lucky to have him on our podcast. He is an expert in what uh, is the next technology that's coming down the pike And he is a a proponent of voice, uh, being that next technology. So Tobias, welcome. And tell us about voice as the next technology.
1: Hi, Teresa. Well, thanks for having me. Um, You know, we get asked by our clients all the time, what's the next big thing in tech, right? Uh Back um, 10 years, people would have told you at the Consumer Electronics Show in Vegas that it was 3d tv which ended up not happening and then it was ar you know google glass and then it was autonomous vehicles which will happen but much more slowly than people expect and so there've been a lot of false starts the last kind of big change has been mobile and the big change before that was the internet itself um and what i think happens is people get enthralled by new technologies and not and don't really take into account are these solving a human need mm. uh, are they doing something that will make our lives easier or better? And um, when Siri and Alexa came on uh, about, you know almost a decade ago now and had this huge initial uptake, um, we all became interested as to why that was happening and then why it didn't translate into the same sort of revolution that mobile was. Um, so I would say two things. One is the reason we all want these voice experiences ultimately is because we can speak three times as fast as we can type on our keyboards and five times as fast as we can type on a mobile device. And so it's all about speed. However, the reason that it hasn't taken the world by storm is because uh, we haven't implemented it correctly as an industry. What we've Mm. done is we've treated it as a voice assistant. So we speak to it and then we expect it to speak back to us. And turns out voice is super fast for us to speak to devices, but super slow for us to listen to devices because we can read so much faster than we can listen or look at graphics, or we just want the computer to do something or the device to do something. And so the breakthrough in voice is gonna be this concept of multimodal where we speak to our machines, but they actually don't respond to us in voice. They give us a visual response. Um, And as that emerges, which is happening today, and I, I can't believe how lucky we are that last week that big announcement from chat GPT was everything was going to be voice powered. It's happening. Like literally right now, Mm. Uh, this change this marriage of Siri and Alexa to generative AI Mm -hmm. happening. And that's really, what's going to unleash this next phase of innovation.
0: That's that's amazing. It's, it is, um, incredible that we're living right in the middle of it, like right now. Um, how do you see the how do you see this technology changing organizational culture, roles and responsibilities, uh, and in general, kind of how people will feel about their their work?
1: Yeah, so when these changes happen and this is an interface change, um, mm. every every interface that we have with our devices is going to be impacted. So. Certainly consumers, you know, we're going to be in a, in a world very, very quickly where there will be a mic button on every app. And what we will be doing as consumers is telling our apps what to do, like order me movie tickets or order my food or whatever it is versus swiping and tapping. And I think that's really easy for us to understand as users. I think the next step is to understand that it's not just as consumers that this is impacting us. It's every employee of every company. Because uh, we most of our days typing, um, whether it's emails, whether it's um, you know, slideshows, whatever it is, we are interfacing with our devices via our hands mm-hmm. and then switch to voice. And just think about everything you tell a machine to do via your hands is now over the next couple of years going to be three times faster. So obvious implications for things like customer service um, and data entry, but also Um, all across the enterprise. One of my favorite examples um, is actually an airline, Cathay Pacific, that's using voice technology um, for folks that are helping to clean the plane to report problems, right? So they've got eight minutes when a plane lands to turn it from the cleaning perspective for the next flight. Today, if they're doing that and they find a seat that, like a seat back that's broken, that's not gonna be usable for the next flight, they have to take out an app, find the thing, write the report, et cetera. Now they're just going to be able to say, while they're still working hands-on, um, you know, 13C is inoperable for XYZ reason. And now they've taken a process that's an interruption-based process, takes five minutes to an instant process that takes 10 seconds. And every business process or many, many business processes are going to be re- re-engineered with a voice-first approach in the coming years.
0: That's that's like amazing, because I know most companies have and still are going through ERP implementations from, you know, manual to um, client server to web. I mean, this is like dark ages. And now everybody's kind of used to being integrated and now they're going to have to get used to working without their hands. And uh, what's your projection on like how people are, are going to react to that?
1: So I think mostly positive because it will make a lot of the kind of rote part of work a lot faster. Mm-hmm. So example, software development, that a lot of the new approaches to how we write software is going to be voice first. So, you know, when I talk to the developers in our company, they spend about 20% of their time thinking about what they need to do and about 80% of the time typing and actually writing the code. If that gets transferred, which it invariably invariably will over the next coming years, to eighty percent being able to tell, think about what to do, and tell the computer what to do, and then it generating the code based on your voice commands, and then just doing final editing. It makes their lives so much more interesting and so much more productive. So, uh, I think the net net is for many of us, um, the 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 outputs that we have are going to accelerate because a lot of the more boring, you know, like the perfection of a PowerPoint slideshow, I can just tell the system, here's the five things I want to, I want to do. Here's, here's what I want each slide to say. And then the combination of the conversational voice-based AI wow. with, the, with the chat GPT example being generative AI is going to output um, these slideshows or get me 80% there. Right. And then right. I do tweaks. And so it's just going to make our lives incredibly more efficient. Yeah,
0: that's a whole world I, I have to sit and think about and imagine. And um, from an organizational change management perspective, I'm thinking about user and end user experience. And um, I'm wondering how some how some folks are going to be able to adjust, given that they're used to typing it in, seeing it as it's created, to speaking it out and seeing it as it's created. Uh, you know, it it sounds like maybe it wouldn't be that different, but I think for some people, you know, their minds work differently.
1: Well, so this is, again, one of the reasons why the multimodal approach with the screen is so okay. important, because we found that our trust for voice technology goes way up if we see real time what we're saying being transcribed and and appear on the screen. Okay. Challenges with voice right now is we say something to Siri or Alexa, and then we get a response that doesn't make sense. And we're like, what the heck just happened? Did it not understand my words? Did it not understand what my words meant? Those are two different problems. Um, But so for example, in restaurant ordering apps, what we're testing right now with some top restaurant chains is, you're you're telling you're, you're putting your order in via voice hey i want you know two hamburgers three fries a coca-cola etc real time you see your words on the screen and as you're speaking in the background the app is changing and putting together the order and then by the time you finish speaking the whole everything's ready it appears and it's re- there for checkout and you just say check out you know your voice authenticated your wow ready. and so That's just an example of of how this is gonna change and make processes that take two or three minutes take 15 seconds. Yeah,
0: so what's gonna happen with that extra capacity in organizations? Um, Are people just going to find uh, new ways of working and taking that capacity and applying it to different work? Or do you think it's actually going to have some impact on reducing jobs and the number of people who are needed?
1: I think both. I think net net, these kind of technology changes always create lots and lots of new jobs that yes we have predicted going into it. I mean, we're already seeing um, job postings for things like um, conversation architect or mm-hmm. prompt engineering. Yes, so that's already happening. These new job categories get created whenever something like this happens. Certain jobs are probably going to go away, um, mm-hmm. just like. You know, when with the advent of modern word processing, the concept of a typist kind of went away. Um, And so I think a lot of customer service jobs are probably going to be impacted. Mm -hmm. But um, there will always be a need for a certain percentage because you're always at least for the next 10 or 20 years, you're going to have to have a human in the loop. And that's how these things start. Right. Uh, And the folks that are still working those professions are going to be working on much higher order problems than simple things like change my address. Um, So that's kind of all on the horizon, you know, from a from a policy standpoint and a corporate standpoint, it's going to require retraining. And so a big part of the change management is going to be all right, let's let's be conscious of the, of the jobs that are either going to be eliminated or changed or made much more efficient Mm -hmm. and train those team members to be able to work at a higher level operational or at a different position Mm -hmm. um, as those things evolve. And I think, you know, the change management piece for society and for any given company, when a new technology hits is, is always critical and usually overlooked.
0: Yeah, I agree. And, um, how is this technology going to come to us in companies? Is it uh, being built into companies like SAP? Is it being built into a Salesforce.com? Um, how how is it going to show up uh, for organizations?
1: I think two ways. So first of all, exactly like you're saying, every every tool that we use is going to be voice and gen AI powered, and you're already seeing some of the early, you know, Google's made a bunch of announcements and others, and you can already use voice on a lot of the, uh, you know, like Microsoft Word, et cetera. It just hasn't been that good yet. Right. It was waiting for, and this is one of the things we point out in the book, that one of the key pieces to this revolution is the gen AI revolution, right? Because. We've gotten pretty good at recognizing the voice, the 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 words, and transcribing those. Mm -hmm. But we weren't very good at figuring out what they meant, what the human being was trying to do. And so, the example I was used, Google said a few years ago that they found 2,500 ways in English that people just set their alarm for the morning. There's 2,500 different turns of phrase that people use. Wow, mind-boggling, right? You think there are like five. Um, but it just goes to show how complex the problem is of, for computers to understand what the human being being means. And so generative AI solves that. And so, again, it's this combination of gen AI and conversational AI that makes it happen. So to answer your question, it's going to pervade the software that we're already using but require changes in process at the company, and it will un- unlock all sorts of efficiencies. The second is companies, especially large companies are going to deploy their own custom voice solution okay. either for employees or for um, end users and customers. And I'll give you an example. We're working with one of the large beverage companies in the United States. They have tens of thousands of reps in the field mm-hmm. that are fixing vending machines all the time or installing fountain systems in restaurants. Mm-hmm. Um, and they've got, you know hundreds of different of models, et cetera, et cetera. So today when they go out and they, something's broken, they either have to go back to their truck and search through a paper catalog of all the parts. Oh, boy. Or They have an app, but they have to type it in. They're searching like for all the stuff. And we're pioneering something where like while the technician is working with both hands um, and their eyes are on the machine, they could say, Hey, I need a new valve for X, Y, Z machine and the whole, the system does it automatically. So it just gives you an example of the incredible efficiency um, that voice can unlock in the workplace. But for something like that to work, large companies especially are gonna build custom solutions. So it's a two-pronged piece. It's in this in software they're getting, but also custom solutions for very specific applications.
0: Wow, yeah, it is mind boggling, but it, it makes so much sense. It really makes so much sense. That's amazing. So, um, just going back to change management for a second, um, it sounds like the whole way that training is experienced and delivered is, I know that it's changing now, but it's going to have to take a leap forward before the change management folks can even apply uh, solutions to helping people build skills. Do you have any insight into what that might look like from a uh, a training uh, perspective?
1: Well, I think what's exciting is a lot of the training will be voice-based itself. In fact, um, corporate training is, you know, that is one of the four or five areas that everyone predicts conversational AI is going to have the biggest impact. We're working with a large um, medical education company. Okay, We've deployed, um, you know, voice-based apps that have a generative AI back backbone that simulate um, a patient right And so if you're a physician um, which again is you know one of the most expensive um, uh, talents or professions to train for in our society, you as a student can completely interact with them as you would with a human being where you ask them questions and they respond and then you ask them questions and they respond. And so you're able to do training in a much, much more efficient way um, and at whatever time of day you want versus having to actual actually ask real pay I mean, what's, that's how it happens now, right? How do doctors get trained? They sit in a room with other doctors, right? Uh, which is super inefficient and kind of annoying for the patient. Because um, if you're in a teaching hospital, you get asked the same thing eight different <laughs> times. <laughs> like, aren't you guys talking to each other? Um, and This It's just one example, right? That's a super high-touch training, but all sorts of training is going to happen in this kind of voice-first environment.
0: Mm. And how do you think it will impact email?
1: Um, (laughs) There's a lot of things going on with email right now. Um, I think it will make composing email much faster. Right. Especially combined with Gen AI. Gen AI is going to be composing emails on your behalf. Mm. The downside is... um, you're going to be receiving a lot more emails because it's so much easier to compose emails. Uh, And there's going to be all these filtering technologies that come in. So it's going to be an arms race because (laughs) creating content, e.g. email, but also social media content, other content, it's going to be so much faster and easier, but we're already overloaded with content. So the curating and the filtering of content is going to become even more important than it has been. And by the way, that hasn't, you know, if there's people out there looking to, start new companies, like figuring out how to filter and curate content is is going to be an even more important um, pain point to solve going forward because it's just so, so easy to create it.
0: That's really interesting. Um, Tobias, tell us about your book. I'm really excited about that. What, what are the main, um, what's the big picture and some of the main uh, takeaways from reading your book?
1: Yeah, so the book is really about how this technology voice in particular is evolving, but the backdrop is looking at how other technologies have evolved and trying to figure out where voice is going based on the history of first the internet and then mobile. And you know, in retrospect, they seem like they happen super fast. But mm-hmm. when you were living it, I mean, I was at AOL in the late 90s and then around mobile in 2008 to 10. You know, it, it actually takes a long time to evolve and it's not always a hundred it's never a hundred percent clear, like all right, this is a big bang moment. Um, there are a couple big bang moments. I think when Steve Jobs announced the, the iPhone was opening up to developers, chat GPT 3.5 was a big bang moment, but yeah. there's not many. Usually it's an evolution. And so it's tying together, like, how do you know that this is a real thing? The other thing that happens in technology is when it first starts, people don't use it, or the, the the practitioners in the industry, companies like mine, it takes us a while to figure out what the best use of the technology is, because we're always trying to use it like the old technology, right? The first TV shows were just broadcasts of radio shows or plays, right? It took a while to really figure out what how to make a good TV show. Mm. Um, same with the internet, right? I was at AOL I... earliest versions of Time Magazine were literally PDFs of Time Magazine, but online and you were like, huh, that's not really, that's kind of worse than the print because <laughs> way faster. But now everything's interactive, right? It took a while to figure out and figure out social media, same with mobile. Um, And so there, we, we kind of point out that because voice has been this voice assistant base, it's been a big miss um, because mm. we're trying to get the human voice experience real versus the multimodal experience, which is really the direction where all the progress is going to happen. And everything is backwards about it, right? We talk about smart speakers, but we don't want to listen to voice commands. It should be smart mics, right? So Hmm. the rollout conceptually has been a little bit backwards from where it should have been. Um, And we kind of of step-by-step go through how all those things are getting fixed. And again, very natural for any new technology and the breakthroughs that are right around the corner. I think we got super lucky. I mean, it takes a long time to write a book I could have never predicted that 10 days before the book gets announced that ChatGPT announces that it's big innovation is adding voice to ChatGPT, but that's what we predicted in the book. And, you know, sometimes you just get lucky, but the this combination of, of Alexa and Siri type capabilities with ChatGPT, it's what's going to unlock where we're going here. It It's amazing.
0: And it sounds like, um, it sounds like your, your book really does foreshadow uh, a lot of what's possible and where things are going. Um, So people can look to your book to actually help them step into, you know, the new, the new way of working and interacting with technology. And then it sounds like they can really extrapolate from it, um, you know, how that might impact them.
1: Yeah, the first half of the book just talks about why voice is so important and then how how it's going to play itself out and the second half of the book is really how to think about it for your oh. industry or your company. And so that's kind of how the how the book is set up and you don't know going into these tech changes really where the biggest impacts are going to be. I always say you know, when Steve Jobs announced that, uh, that the iPhone was opening up to developers, no one that day said, you know, who's in real trouble? The taxi industry, because there's going to be ride hailing apps like Uber and Lyft like that. It took a while. That took yes. three years. But as people learned how to use these new technologies, um, it's kind of a tsunami of industries that get changed.
0: Yeah. Fascinating. So, how do we uh, how do we get your book, and when can we get your book?
1: So, published date is October tenth. Um, it's called Sound of the Future. Um, you can pre order it now, um, and it will be at your doorstep on October tenth, or you can wait till October tenth. It'll be in bookstores around the country.
0: Very exciting. Very exciting. Thank you so much for sharing your wisdom and um, futurist perspectives. Uh, I'm really looking forward to reading the book, and it was a pleasure to have you uh, with us today.
1: Teresa, thanks so much for having me. This was great. We hope you
0: enjoyed this episode of the Change Management Review Podcast. Be sure to follow us on LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram.